0: 24th Sunday in Ordinary Time Prayer Psalm 116 I love the Lord because He has heard my voice and my supplications, because He inclined His ear to me. Therefore, I will call on Him as long as I live. The snares of death encompassed me. The pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray, save my life. Gracious is the Lord, and righteous. Our God is merciful. The Lord protects the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me, for you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I walk before the Lord in the land of the living.
1: Reading the Word First reading, Isaiah chapter 50 The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious. I did not turn backward. I gave my back to those who struck me, and my cheeks to those who pulled out the bed. I did not hide my face from insult and spitting. The Lord God helps me. Therefore, I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up together. Who are my adversaries? Let them confront me. It is the Lord God who helps me, who will declare me guilty. All of them will weigh out like a garment. The moth will eat them up.
2: Second reading. James chapter 2. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or a sister is naked, And lakes daily food. And one of you says to them. Go in peace. Keep warm. And eat your fill. And yet you do not supply their bodily needs. What is the good of that? So faith by itself. If it has no works. Is dead. But someone will say. You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I by my works will
0: show you my faith. Gospel Mark chapter 8 Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked his disciples Who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, and others, Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. He asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Messiah. And he sternly ordered them, not to tell anyone about him. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If anyone wants to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake, for the sake of the gospel, will save it.
1: Hearing the Web Making the Right Commitment Frequently, believers have to choose between various commitments. However, making decisions regarding truly significant and all-involving commitments is not a matter of a simple selection of a most convenient option, but a decision that reflects the person's faith and relationship with Christ. The first reading features the third of the four songs of the seven found in the book of Isaiah. This song begins in Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4, with the words, The Lord God has given me the tongue of a teacher, that I may know how to sustain the weary with the word. Morning by morning, he wakens. Wakens my ear to listen as those who are taught. In this song, the servant is someone who has been taught by God and willingly received this instruction. However, he also faced oppression and persecution. He was struck on the back. His bed was pulled out. He was insulted and spit upon. While the reason for this suffering remains hidden, we might justifiably assume that he suffered because of his adherence to the teaching he had received. Still the servant did not abandon his commitment, but faced his opponents with courage and determination. His trust and dependence on God together with the experience of God's presence Gave him strength to persevere, since God is on his side. The adversaries, since God is on his side, the adversaries are powerless. In the end, the servant will prevail, while the opponents will wear out like a garment. It is thought that Isaiah spoke of this suffering servant in the context of internal divisions between various Jewish groups who had recently returned from the Babylonian exile and who attempted to rebuild Jerusalem and the Temple. These groups had different ideas about life in this new post-exilic era when they no longer had their own king and political autonomy. Some argued for close collaboration with the ruling Persians and advocated close ties with their Parker neighbors. Choosing this option meant undermining the identity of the Israelites as God's people and endangering their distinct way of life. Others preferred the path of strict separation and resistance to foreign influences, the servant in our passage was likely to have been a leader or a teacher who stood for the second option and advocated strict adherence to God and to God's law in which he was called. The phrase "I was not rebellious" reveals that he did not join the party of those who rebelled against God and God's ways. Such uncompromising stand brought him ridicule and persecution. This teacher chose to uphold his commitment to God and God's law despite the heavy price he had to pay. Some Christians misunderstood Paul's teaching on faith found at Galatians chapter 2 verse 16. We know that the person is mad, the righteous, not by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. These misguided believers thought that faith meant a set of ideas that needed to be held as true in a person's head. Thus, if faith was only a set of doctrines to be believed, there was no need to do anything else about it. This was a misreading of Paul who was speaking of works of the law, meaning the continuing practice of such Jewish customs as circumcision, dietary laws, purity laws, and observance of the Jewish feasts, among others. Paul never denied that faith must express itself in practical ways, particularly through love. James clarifies any misunderstanding Insisting on practical faith, true faith is reflected in deeds. James does not deny that faith alone is sufficient for salvation. However, how can one tell if faith is truly present? James states that true faith can be distinguished from imagined faith by looking at a person's behavior. There is no such thing as an unexpressed faith. Faith without corresponding actions is an illusion. James provides a single example of the works of faith concern for the underprivileged.
2: If a person does not sustain a fellow Christian in need, then their faith is an illusion. True faith The faith that saves is a matter of commitment to Jesus in the heart and committing to the body to faithful service. The gospel passage, commonly known as the Confession of Peter, describes a turning point in Jesus' life. Prior to this event, Jesus was primary, Prior to this event, Jesus was primarily concerned with casting out demons, healing the sick, and teaching his disciples. However, these good and noble acts were not the chief reason for his coming into the world. Seeing Jesus' deeds, the people identified him as one of the prophets someone equaled John the Baptist or Elijah. By asking, Who do people say that I am? And then, Who do you say that I am? Jesus indicated that time has come to reveal his true identity and mission. When Peter correctly called him the Messiah, Jesus understood that the time to reveal his definitive purpose has come, for the first time he began to speak of the true goal of his mission. Suffering, rejection, death, and resurrection. Jesus' frank and open acknowledgement that cruel death lies ahead must have been difficult, even for Jesus who after all, was a real human being. It all implied that Jesus had to agree and commit himself to terrifying prospect of crucifixion. While confidence in the resurrection certainly gave him strength as a human being, he still must have been afraid of the future to which he committed himself. Peter rejected Jesus' decision. He had other ideas about Jesus' purpose and sought to turn Jesus away from the chosen path. Jesus called him Satan because by trying to change Jesus' mind, Peter was standing in the way of God's plan. Jesus also indicated that those who wish to be his disciples must like him, embrace the path of suffering. It is only through commitment to the path with Jesus himself walked that a person can find salvation. Jesus did not seek death, but he understood that overcoming death by embracing it is the only way to life. For this reason, he came to the world and committed himself to the project. Of salvation even though it meant walking the path of suffering. The readings of this Sunday emphasize the need for choosing the right commitments. At the time of Isaiah many who returned from the exile sought to better their lives by committing themselves to ways of life contrary to God's law. In the early church There were many who sought salvation through faith without committing themselves fully to what faith required. Correcting these notions, James teaches that an expressed faith is an illusion. Jesus was fully aware of what his mission in the world involved. Still, he must have found the prospect of suffering frightening. Despite this, Jesus committed himself to carry out his mission as the suffering Messiah. He remained true to his purpose, showing an unreserved commitment to the project of human salvation. Those who, like Jesus and Isaiah 7, correctly choose and live out their faith commitment can confidently say, with the psalmist, I walk before the Lord in the land
0: of the living. Listening to the word of God, this Sunday's readings invite us to reflect on the theme of right commitments. Life is full of choices. We constantly face a web of options, voices, enticements, allurements, that swing us left and right. Amid these, a believer must have a firm ground and stand by the choice he or she has made. The readings invite us to examine critically our choices towards making the right commitment in the end. The good news today is the assurance that the Lord is at our side as we make our faith commitments. The first reading shows the suffering servant having confidence in God's presence despite the oppression and persecution he was going through. God gives him the strength to stand firm and persevere The servant's perseverance and commitment saw him rise above his opponents. He chose to stand by God's teaching and commitment dispelled, and his commitment dispelled the fear of running away. He was assured of God's protection. He paid the price for his commitment but the reward was much greater. God is ever-present in our daily lives as we struggle to discern between the voices that sway us. We need to call upon God's name whenever we are tossed by the storms of life. He will enlighten us to make the right decisions in our faith. Today's readings also invite us to demonstrate of our faith commitments through our actions. The second reading emphasizes that our faith must be visible through deeds. Faith is life, and life is lived in relationship with others. Our behavior, actions, and thoughts communicate our faith. Each day we encounter people of different walks of life, the hungry, the less privileged, the homeless, and the needy of all kinds. What choices do I make in front of these individuals? Do I recognize them? Do I feel concerned even in my limitedness? Do I go an extra mile to recognize them as my brothers and sisters, and thus share fellowship with them. True faith animates us to be at the service of others through our deeds. The gospel presents to us a turning point in Jesus' life. First, with choices, Jesus committed himself wholeheartedly to fulfilling his mission irrespective of impending suffering. Jesus invites us to examine our life and make a decisive commitment to him and his ways. As we complement this commitment, let us examine ourselves, especially thinking about what makes us hesitate and waver. It could be those We call our friends, just like Peter, who attempted to stop Jesus. It could be fear of the consequences that may come with the new path. The first reading assures us of God's presence. We are invited to be resolute in carrying our crosses irrespective of the hurdles we may encounter. With the help of the Lord who hears our voice and our supplications.
1: He who chases two persons loses them all.
2: Action Self Examination How have I demonstrated my faith? Is my faith experienced by others? What are the most important commitments in my life? Are they in the line with my faith? Response to God I will pray for the grace to make right commitments in my faith. I will ask God to give me the courage to pick up my cross and follow him. Response to your world. In the course of this week, I will reflect on how to live my faith in relation to others. I will assist three needy people I meet this week in order to show my concern for them. As a group, we will reflect on the commitments that guide our activities. Is there anything more or different? we can do to demonstrate our faith commitments. Grant us, O Lord, we pray,
1: the grace to descend and make right commitments in our journey of faith. Keep us under the shadow of your wings and never let us waver. Let your grace abide with us As we carry our crosses and commit ourselves to Christ, we ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen.